Oh, yeah. I feel like I've had different people on from Turn Leftist, but not this subset of people. Yeah, you haven't had me on yet. It's true. Which is insane. Do you know how many movies know. he's watched? <laughs> how often we have sat there and just taken three times as long to watch a movie because we pause it because we have to go off on some fucking tangent. It's bad. This scene is because of capital. Which is <laughs> most of the time. About how, like, Disney villain songs when I was a kid, as opposed to, like, Disney villain songs now, how they're all happy and upbeat. And meanwhile, I'm over there freaking Hunchback of Notre Dame, like, the whole, like, Frollo <laughs> trying to, like, make it okay that he wants to, like, just do Esmeralda so dirty. Not going to go into that sensitive topic but yeah and he is just a banger okay or like be prepared by scar and they're like these like huge like alan mankin just masterpieces and now what do you have dos orillitas beautiful song okay but come on man what good villain song has come out since ever the villain songs are the best songs, or they used to be. Ursula, Little Mermaid, Poor Unfortunate Soul. You got your that one looks. Hits. That one hits. You're pretty. Yeah, yep. come on. He hates me right now because of my take on Wayne from Wayne's World. Oh, well, we'll get. Uh, we'll have to hear that, but I'll, I'll quickly introduce everyone. We can start talking about Wayne's World. Sit back in your seats, get something to eat, watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it because, well. All right, this week on Left of the Projector, we are talking about Wayne's World from 1992. And with me, I have a different subset of the turn leftist. I have Mike, and I have Ward, and Joy, I guess an honorary sub member of turn leftist, perhaps. I'm just here for comedic relief. And I have Caitlin and Cullen from, should I mention your podcast? I said the same thing last time. I mean, yeah, I definitely mentioned Caitlin's Conspiracy Warner and VHS Action Rewind. Yes. Those, my two favorites, at least, of, of the, the Cullen family. <laughs> Cullen family collaboration, something like that. That all sounded terrible. I didn't, uh, I'll have to remove that or I'll keep it in because it's. The thing about intros is you can stumble your way through them and it's still fine. You can just do them again. Like you, I could you do just it do again. I could do it again, again later and then just dub it over all this part where I just blew it. Yeah, there's so many chances you, you can do. I think you did great, Papa. I think well, you did you. just fine. Party on, Evan. <laughs> I you can tie that in there I somewhere. I feel like the, uh, <laughs> the intro is always like the most awkward part and then the very end where I'm like, well, I don't have anything left to say, so we're good. But <laughs> I don't know. Just as a quick aside for... I remember when I went to camp in maybe like 92, 93, right after this film came out, there was a kid in my camp. His name was Wayne. He had a hat that said Wayne's World. And I didn't know that the movie existed. And I just thought like he had gotten a custom hat for himself that said Wayne's World. And then I realized it wasn't. And I felt really stupid. So like for the whole camp time, you know, he was like the the coolest coolest kid. I think he, I think he, I think it was early on he explained it. And then during the talent show, our bunk did the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody like lip sync for it. So that's my, that's my Wayne's World, uh, first Wayne's World memory. I don't know what everyone thinks of this film. It's a, my first impression, like I watched this movie again today and it's the first time I've watched it in so long. And I thought it was going to be more about like Wayne, like 
making it in the music industry. Isn't it like a second one that's like more about that? He, no, that he's be... trying to he's trying to do like a Woodstock type thing in the second one. Oh, okay. so that's why Wainstock. I was confusing it. So I thought like for some reason, I thought Wind's World was about them trying to make it with their band and show or something and then getting screwed over by the music industry, which it, like it sort of is. But like I thought it was going to be just, I guess, more about that. And I know my first impression of this was like how much I cringed just at like all of the humor because it was so dated. But the way so much of the humor does not hold up at all, it just made me thankful for Internet subcultures and niches and how everybody can find their own like private lane that makes fun of all the other humor that isn't good enough or whatever. I don't know if anybody else had that kind of same reaction. Like, did you like immediately just have like a lot of cringing feelings when you started oh, no, seeing no, no. some of the jokes that they were doing? Like he got so mad at me because I said, you know what this movie is, right? It's so far ahead of its time. Wayne is what every incel in this country believes that they are and strives to be. And hear me out. I because think about the movie itself. A guy who still lives in his parents' house has no, like, his ambition is um, to film a show, not actually learn anything about it, but just, like, film a show in his mom's basement with his best friend, who, by the way, Garth, Garth is the hero of Wayne's World. I stand Garth. I'm sorry. But, no, so think about it. All this stuff, and then he's got the girl who chases after him, and then he he gets the gorgeous, like, up-and-coming star to fall, like, Think about, like, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's there. Am I making sense? Or no? I can see I'm so that. sorry. We're having technical difficulties. Did you hear anything of what I said? Because I feel like you would get what I was trying to say. Okay. I think the mic's... Okay, I can hear again. Sorry. Okay. You can give her a quick rundown. So basically, I said that taking Wayne's World and putting it in nowadays, Wayne is what every insult thinks they are or strives to be as far as, like... The Stacy chasing after him and saying about him, but he's just blowing her off. He's got absolutely really nothing to offer. Yes. Right. But yes. he has this gorgeous up and coming rock star, bad bitch coming like who's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And like takes her like sabotages her career at one point, then like magically saves her, saves the day, gets the girl, beats the bad guy. All these things like this is every insult's wet dream to live that type of thing you know what i mean see she gets it yeah wayne to me is like so unlikable in this movie and like as an adult but garth whenever i mean garth is adorable he's autism coded we love him he's my favorite (laughs) yeah but when i was younger all i could remember was cassandra because she's hot so that's all i focused on I've seen this movie like a hundred times and that's literally all I, I can focus on. But then now as an adult watching it, I love Stacy so much. Laura Flynn Boyle is really so incredible in this movie. She plays that role so well. And I love Stacy and, um, (laughs) (laughs) and I hate Wayne so much. (laughs) I'm going to sound like a real man hater tonight, but like there, it was just watching it. As an adult, I'm like, this movie, and it doesn't surprise me, but this movie is so sexist. Like, the idea of Stacy being, like, this annoying, like, oh, she won't stop following me around and, like, such a hateable character. Like, she's a character you're meant to hate mm-hmm. because she's trying to get back with Wayne. But then Wayne trying to get back with Cassandra after he fucks everything up is seen as like admirable you know you're meant to like root for his character and it's like well why aren't you meant to root for Stacy and she's so funny I love her so much when she bikes into the car no when they fall through the roof 
Oh, yes. Do you remember it's that? It's so funny. She just <sighs> like, like when she hits a car, it flips over it and then gets up. She's just like, I'm good. She's so funny. Oh, I love her so much. <laughs> resilient. Something she's, to strive she for. She is resilient. She's persistent. Yeah. Stacy. I, I thought we were honestly going to like take longer to get into the Stacy thing, but like. You're dead on with the misogyny and how like hypocritical is like the total double standard as to like who gets to have their partner back after screwing up the relationship. They never even say like why they broke up. They're just like, oh, they, she's crazy. Just it should be she crazy. Just, like just like, yeah, it's fucking misogynist. Yes. Hell. Like, and it's like, what did he do? Because he liked her at one point. So what did he do to make her so crazy mm-hmm. or to make things so like the line so blurred with her? You know, he probably What's let he her saying? on a bunch and then he broke up with her randomly. Or he's going home, exactly. Or he's going home and he's calling her every night and being like, oh, sorry, and like telling her something. And then when he gets in front of his friends, he's telling them something else. I'm on to you, Mr. Wayne. (laughs) Yeah, I thought we were going to wait a while to get into it, but I just can't. I can't, like, not. (laughs) I mean, if you look at Stacy, like, the best basis you have in the film for calling her crazy besides just her being persistent after Wayne is what she's clumsy. She runs into shit. She's hurt and injured. I mean, she's just clumsy or that she's terrible at giving gifts, which I mean, I am too. Yeah. It's a thought that counts. <laughs> well, the funny yeah. thing about the gun rack thing, if Wayne's not careful. He's going to lose her. I read an article that apparently that actually happened to Mike Myers, he actually was like given a gun oh, rack amazing. when he didn't own any guns or something like that. Because I guess if you're from Canada, you just have guns, apparently. So he's like, oh, here's this gun rack. And that's why Fuck they put yeah. that in the movie. Because he can use it's a fantastic. gun rack for anything. Okay. You could put, you could so use true, it girl. for like to hang dish towels from or like anything, like blankets. Yeah. If you're saying anything, list like at least three things. You're at two. Um, it could be used as a shelf. Blankets. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, you can hang things. Your keys. Okay. Yes. No, no, no. I fully agree. I'm just going to say, if you're going to say anything, you got to list at least more than a couple well, things. You got to corroborate that. Your assorted collection of long umbrellas. Yes. I think it was true. a, mm-hmm. yes. I think it was a well thought out practical gift and I would have loved it. I mean, he could have put his hair nets on it. Yeah. His extensive collection. Yes. His Wayne's World hat. Takes me back to it. How does Wayne get Cassandra? Exactly. Well, that's another, that's another part. Cantonese. Which would be crazy to me. And that's just how does he get he her. He like, Cantonese. That's like it. <laughs> and his first thought is like, she will be mine. Like, I want this guitar. Yes. I want this person. It's everything is like his possession-y. There, I, yeah. I know you said, Mike, a lot of these jokes don't hold up. I think some of them hold up, but then a lot of them just do not hold up. There's, it's the you know, overinflated it's sense of self for me. Yeah. Because even like when his best friend has enough, he's just like, hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I chuckled quite a bit at Wayne's stuff, but I just don't like him because I am a man hater unless they are autism coded like Garth. Yes, we do um, not respect them. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's on a case by case basis. Caitlin brought up a good point. Case when in we were point. Watching Sorry, it. Mike, I'm just playing. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Uh, Caitlin brought up a good point that uh, Wayne never apologizes to. Yes. Like for anything. Yeah. He like, when he goes to save, is it Cassandra or Cassandra? Potato, potato. We'll see okay. the one, I guess. Okay. Um, 
So when he goes to like save Cassandra or like get her back from that music video shoot, that was frustrating to watch as well. I love that I just can't enjoy anything anymore <laughs> because I'm just a hater and I just overanalyze everything. But when he goes to like get her back at the shoot, he comes up to her and he is like saying so many things, but he doesn't apologize. Like he was really shitty to her and accused her of sleeping with someone to get a leg up and advance her career. And then whenever he came to get her, he was just like, I don't know. He like didn't say anything about that. He threw a tantrum. He threw a tantrum. He like, yes. threw a tantrum. Started throwing water on his face. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He never learned to no. read board. Come on. <laughs> God, if someone did that to me, nuke him. I'm calling Kim Jong and I'm asking him to nuke this man for me. It was disgusting to watch. <laughs> I was appalled. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the like it's it's interesting you mentioned uh Garth as like being like the good person. Like he throughout the movie has those sort of like he's very shy, like he has his little lines, but he actually like understands what's going on. The scene where they're at the bar and Benjamin is like exploiting them, you know, Rob Lowe's character is exploiting them to sign a contract. He's like goes under the table and he's like, yes. why are you just carrying contracts around? He's like, this guy's being <laughs> shady. And Wayne forces basically forces him to sign the contract. Yeah. So five thousand dollars. My favorite part of the movie when Garth goes and just plays a face melting drum solo. It's my favorite part of the movie. Uh, Second favorite part, I should say. No, but you're absolutely right because that was one thing that I paused the movie to go off on a tangent with him about. Was just like, how and why? How and why? Garth is like, honestly, like the voice of reason. But because he's not outspoken and charismatic, he always gets like pushed under the rug. The dude, like... What, cause he's in, shit. Yeah, what, because he's into robotics and can talk to his dog? He's not cool? No, fucking whatever. No. <laughs> Honestly, he should be the star of the show. Yeah. But he gets also yeah. just like, oh, God. Just something about, like, the kind of the main plot point that the whole climax of the movie hinges on, where they make Cassandra a star by, like, hacking into this uh, fucking... Guido's limo TV or something like you know they do that so that he he's some fucking cigar smoking big shot and they hack into his TV and it's all because Garth is like a tinfoil hat wearing like dork that he's able to do this and like you listen to his description of like what they're going to do and it's like it doesn't even make sense like there are so many less roundabout ways you could go about getting this guy to just see your video real quick but like I just love that that was like acceptable for the 90s I mean I, I think a lot of the 90s comedy was this way like even I don't know, it seems like to me movies kind of have even a higher standard now where even like the unserious movies have to have like some level of like believability to them that like this was just like, I don't know, I, it slightly annoyed me. <laughs> it was weird. Like, I mean, if you didn't want some crazy ass plan, don't ask the autistic guy to make the plan. Yeah, I guess that's, <laughs> that's my problem, right? <laughs> like Garth understood the assignment. Did Wayne understand who he was assigning the assignment to? That's the real question. Himself, but That's no, right. Yes, Garth, because Garth mm-hmm. is the superior. And human uh, being. Garth made it fucking happen, right? Absolutely, yeah. the fuck he did. Well, it depends on which ending you prefer. <laughs> well, that's the thing that you said too, Joy. Is like going back to the original about Wayne. Is he didn't get the ending he wanted, so he like had to change history to get what he wanted a couple times. Exactly. Exactly. That's like, it's See? like whenever incels are doing that. Like great. How would you open? Like, you see this girl. How do you open? And so incels are, like, talking at her. 
of like, I would tell her this and this, and then I would kiss her. And it's like, that literally wouldn't happen. You would shit your pants if you saw a hot girl and walk away and then think about what you could have said to her, but you're not going to talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. In no world are you going to be able to woo this girl with your terrible personality um, and your horrible views on I mean, women. You can see you it know. in the first interaction. Like <laughs> she's not into him. She's yeah. a business-minded woman who's trying to make it in a music industry well, as a fucking rock star. I mean, no, it's literally his position as like a mini TV celebrity that even gets has her interest because his first lines yes. are like, "Oh, everybody's kung fu fighting," and then she's like eye rolling, like, "Oh my god, that's so cringe, absurd." Yeah. And then notices his hat, notices him, and it's like, oh, you're that Wayne guy. And then that's what gets the ball rolling. It wasn't him. It's, it's purely his personality on the TV that got him in the door. arguably could actually go into, like, the bigger thing about the movie. And that is all about advertising, which they touch on in the movie. I mean, the movie opens up advertising, with advertisements. Yeah, advertising and marketing. Which, you know what? I was going to say that Wayne... The good ending would be that Wayne gets back with Stacy because she actually loved him even when he was just like a schlub living in his mom's house, having his public access show with his with his dorky friend. But yes. it's actually better off that he gets with the materialistic girl who only wants him because his show is making some notoriety and she's also making career because they're both materialistic. Like you guys are perfect for each other. Stacy can go be with another real one who is actually like on some real shit. I don't know. Like you need to be with Stacy, Mike. <laughs> Mike and Stacy. Don't, don't get me started here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the things that, you know, I'm going to leave it there. Um, yeah, also, like, Cassandra could do better. Cassandra should have stayed single. She should have been they, left. Why does she need a love interest? Why, why does she, why should she be with Wayne? She's punching down with that one. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, big time. In and she aspects. is, like, she's the ultimate, like, cool girl. And, yeah, the fact that she's Wayne career-minded. could get her. She has goals. She's a good musician. That's like the hottest yes. thing in the world. You know, she could have, and she's just physically hot. She, she could have anybody, and she, yeah, and she she picks in Wayne. The movie, she's smart, unbelievable. Yeah, yes, yeah. She's like arguing with the guy at the bar to get her money. Yeah, yeah. I really liked how she played that role. As like she played it really straight like there are some points where she's kind of like laughing at like the absurdity of what they're saying, and I really liked that. Yeah, I like her so much in that movie. I'm also a Cassandra Stan, but, you know, I do love Stacy. I think they did both of the females in this movie dirty. They should have ended reasons. up together. Stacy and Cassandra yeah. should have ended up together. And With their own movie? I'd have watched that. Oh, yeah. There was just no chemistry Wayne at cameo. all between the two love interests. It was... It, no, I, the gratuitous ugh, sex ugh. scene was, it was funny, Ooh. but nobody's going to believe, nobody's going to believe that. Come nobody's on, man. Be- Come and on. I love and an ugly man, terrible, okay? And I know it sounds terrible. Don't no, it's that. true. That's I love, look at that. I love an ugly Cullen man. Cullen is right look there. Cullen is very handsome, but he that. knows, he knows that I love an ugly man. Cullen is like a handsome. She has. She, we have a paper bag I wear over my head. It's fine. No, that's not true. Cullen is a handsome man, and <laughs> and I like that. When I, I first that. met him, I was like, he's handsome, and that's great. But what attracted me to Cullen is his personality. I love a, a ugly man. Um, this is just historically true. You know, if you know the people that I'm attracted to, 
but I still like Wayne. Yeah. Anytime him and Cassandra are around each other or like quote unquote flirting or like having to be physically intimate, it's, it's alarming to me. It's not even that he's physically unattractive. I don't think that. His personality in the movie is unattractive. Agreed. Any yes. sane person, male, female, whatever. You know what I mean? I feel like we're going to get a lot of haters, Joy. Well, he's just, he's got the goofiness and confidence, overconfidence of a guy who's way more attractive than he is. And that's why, like, I feel like the whole, I, I kind of feel like the Wayne and Garth characters are supposed to be ironic. Like, everyone around them is supposed to be cool. They're around a bunch of cool musicians and like, even uh, successful business people who are good at their music industry and TV industry jobs. But they themselves are like the dorks from, what was it, Illinois? Um, which Aurora. also, yeah. Okay. Suburb, this, a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. It, Evan, I actually had a couple of questions like regarding like the production of the movie that I was hoping you might know if you had like done some background research or whatever. But like we'll Ooh, I'm excited for this too, um, and I also have some questions. I just felt like, yeah, I mean, they're supposed to be ironic and that's supposed to be the humorous aspect of the movie, is that these dorks get mixed in with all these other people and then somehow kind of make it. And that's why you even have like during the gratuitous sex scene, like he he's got this like awful gut like the dad bod and like tidy whities that he purposely pulls up even higher like it's a song so, it's like really it's fucking so cra- it's so bad um so it's like that's gotta be Honestly, that was the best part he has he had a nice butt objectively you thought that was a nice butt, a joy? Nice like, butt. joy i've seen worse joy. i have seen worse in intimate <laughs> settings i'm not talking this about you. Not, this doesn't make wow everybody's just good. selling out the partners <laughs> i don't know what's going on in the show no. but i well, i have a i mean i know you do that's why i'm surprised oh. she's saying that like i, I, I feel like the uh like the whole the whole joke like you know being that it's get in here we're gonna have a great time that it's based on, you know, like the SNL sketch where I just like they're going off of like very little like source material, right? Like they're they're basing this on like a two minute sketch from a crappy TV comedy show. And so I don't know they they like the backstory of it all and their like their lives are just I feel like they were just like half assing all that. Like, oh, these these guys live in their basement, but they're like successfully have a TV show and they can get. The women they want, but but Garth can't because he's too shy. I would have liked to have delved deeper into their other buddies, you know, the ones who do like their like audio visual and everything. I think that mm-hmm. would have added some depth to everything. So I mean, like real quick to like reinforce like Mike's point of like how they're like the failures around everyone else. We get introduced to somebody at their fucking lowest, Phil, at the very start of the film. Is that the drunk man? And quickly following he's working an actual job like they have to go get their car inspected and he does the inspection and everything like he's working an actual fucking job while wayne and garth don't yeah yeah he's kind of a bummer of a character who phil yeah how's phil a bummer because he's He's always drunk i feel bad for him (laughs) he always parties out yeah i'll give you that but is that (laughs) that a problem we all have that one friend we all have that one friend (laughs) oh the um the couple like production related questions i had oh what was it do you know where they filmed this i think they filmed it in canada i believe but i'm not okay it really looks canadian I don't know what Illinois looks like, but I just didn't imagine it looking like that. And I also, I thought it was like L.A. because I 
just the vegetation that I was seeing on the streets, it looked like it was not quite palm trees, but close to it. But I could be totally mistaking it. So I don't like, know. He like literally introduces like where he lives and like where the film is supposed to be set. Like, yeah, but like they the, say the that a lot of times Wayne and then does. film the movies in other places. You know that? Like, oh, yeah. That's I'm true. Insane. Yeah, there, there is a bunch of other, like, there's like a, a, a lot of, I mean, I'll mention a couple of the funny trivia things. Apparently, Dana Carvey didn't know the words Bohemian Rhapsody. They didn't, like, let him learn it. So when he's in the car, he's, like, not singing along because he doesn't know the words. <laughs> I think yeah. that worked out perfectly for the character, That's, though. Yeah. That and yeah. Mike Myers didn't actually like that scene. He was actually trying to get it removed. He fucking hated it. He didn't think it was funny at all. And he ended up actually fucking hurting his neck after so many different takes, if you watch it. Like, real close, like, his head banging is, like, real stiff and, like, kind of just, like, him trying to move his hair more than anything. Yeah. But apparently it made Bohemian Rhapsody, I think, like, go to the top of the charts again. It did. Yeah. Makes sense. Sorry, I just had a a quick question. Do you guys happen to know if Tia Carrera has that accent normally or if they had her put that on for the movie? Tia Carrera? Oh, she's... She's Filipino in Yeah, she's Filipino. She's half Filipino, half Chinese. Yeah. But she's from Hawaii. Oh, she's half oh. Filipino, oh, she's half Hawaii. Chinese, okay. and she's from Hawaii. I'm Filipino. She's Filipino in my eyes. <laughs> I just didn't know if Hell like they yeah. had, had her do that for the movie so that they could have all the other scenes with like the speaking Cantonese and all that other stuff, or if um, oh. or that she actually has an accent and then they used it for the movie or what? Because that could also just be like another semi-racist element that they added to the movie although the scene where he very obviously does not know the language and then the subtitles are just going and then he's just like not talking was really funny like that was that was pretty funny yeah sorry okay I, I just wanted to make that a quick thing before and then no i do like that scene i like wayne in that scene whenever he's speaking cantonese just the idea that he he's like oh i'm still learning <laughs> yeah <laughs> the idea that he's still learning and then he's just they're like Talking shit about Stacy. It's so funny. I know I sound like a big hater right now. I really did enjoy the movie, but um yeah, I wanted to get the the parts that made me pissed off out of the way first. But I okay. didn't like it. Really? Oh. Mike, you're no, supposed I mean, to say like that the first for the time end. I've watched a movie for for Evan's show where like I just was cringing and I'm like there were a couple times where I kept going to like change the channel and to like put on something <gasps> else. And I was like, wait, I have to watch this. I gotta watch this for like M- the more podcast. Than Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street is Wolf. like. Wolf of Wall Street has boobs. You don't want to miss that. Okay. That's <laughs> nah, different. Kind you gotta of be over boobs at this point. Like, come on. <laughs> well, the, 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 so. Are you really getting excited by boobs in a movie at this point? Come on, grow up. Never. Grow up. Peter Pan up in this. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> it's only hot takes tonight. Love, only hot but takes. You're right there with me. Yeah, no, I like boobs. <laughs> Who doesn't like boobs? What? what? You, Mike? Ward likes boobs? What? <laughs> this is getting That's too racy. That's rude. You're roasting me now. Well, oh, no, I didn't mean so it in that the, way. The ca- <laughs> God. <laughs> Damn. The character in this movie that I that I, was, I thought you were going to say is like super cringe, Mike, or just in general is Rob Lowe's character, Benjamin. His like sleazy salesman, like slick back hair. I like, thought he was the perfect 90s villain. He really? was. He was great in the movie, mm-hmm. but his as a villain, he's doing like exploiting everyone, lying to different people to get like exactly what he wants, manipulating the what's his name? Uh, Noah Vanderhoff or whatever. And. He's funny, I, even as the villain. I think he's he's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. He might be one of my favorite 90s movies villains. 
honestly, just yeah. because he's such a great villain. You he's don't want it. Like, you can accept the fact that he's a piece of shit. And he's never the villain. You gotta in respect movies. it. He's always like the good guy. Rublo? Yeah, pretty much, right? Can you think of a movie the where he's the I've bad seen guy? Him be the bad guy in was um, The Invention of Lying with uh, Ricky Gervais. Oh, I didn't remember. And he that. was the same sleazy, like, better than everyone else, slick businessman, good looking, everyone wants him. Same character, really. But um, yeah, this felt very familiar. Until you said that, I didn't realize how much I was associating him in both those movies because he just plays like the same person. But um, yeah, he plays a great bad guy in this. I guess in Tommy Boy, he's actually, a, he's kind of a douche, right? Yeah, in St. Elmo's yeah. Fire, he's also, St. Elmo's Fire, we had never seen until like two years ago when we watched it. What an awful, <laughs> terrible, cheesy movie. It was so My bad. mom maybe it watched was, that with her when I was younger. It was so, that was so bad. I thought I was going to get like Breakfast Club vibes. No, it was so bad and weird. And his character in that was like so weird and rapey. Yeah. Okay. What I was going to ask. Oh, go ahead. Well, one, Joy, I was not sliding your boobs. I was making a joke like, oh, Ward likes boobs. We all like boobs. That's crazy. You know, because it's not crazy because we all love boobs. Um, I love Joy's boobs. Nobody loves Joy's boobs. Mike acting like he's not interested in boobs. I didn't say I'm not. Absolutely. I'm not going to watch a movie for boobs. Like... Well, I don't watch Wolf of Wall Street well, for boobs, but it's a plus. Yes. Wait, yeah, whose I mean, boobs okay. are in that? Yeah, Mary. Oh, okay. I know, I know. Just random people, right? Margot Robbie. Are her boobs in that? Yeah, her boobies <gasps> are in that. No. Pretty sure. How did I yeah. forget? No, I don't <laughs> think so. The- yeah. <laughs> are they? I have to watch it again. Google. I, <laughs> I gotta go, you guys. Um... <laughs> Uh, wait, okay, so. I've had a question for like I think so. 30 minutes and I can't get around to it. Okay, do you know any of the backstory of Mike Myers being an asshole? Because I want to talk about that. Because apparently the biggest assholes of all time. I just know he is a terrible person to work with. That's all I know. I don't know much else. Apparently Dana Carvey was like not going to be in this movie and they had to like really talk him into it do you know about this why haven't i talked to um, you mr nerd so i don't know about what the beef was for the wayne's world movies but i know that after wayne's world when austin powers came out they stopped being friends because dr evil the entire character is completely ripped off from something dana carvey used to do backstage at snl to make everyone laugh damn nasty yeah. Ugh, mike myers. well mike myers has no career now so that's true. Yeah. It's crazy because you would think after Love Guru. <laughs> I was say, that movie holds up. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Like, I haven't it's either. Awful. Colin went to it's see it when so he was high. Yeah. In the yeah, theater. My buddy went to go it's see the it only the way to watch it. It's the only way he could get through it. Higher drunk. It was not good. No. It made it, no. like it, made it worse. And yeah. Because whenever you're high, like, you're also extra aware of, like, whenever things are going south and, like, whenever comedy isn't hitting. Yeah. It was very cringe. And also, yeah, I was, like, paranoid in the fact where I was, like, looking around at other people, um, like, nervous that they weren't having a good time. And, like, for some reason felt like it was my fault. (laughs) For me? The whole theater is just not laughing. No. And they all turn around and like, we know you're high and you're ruining this for us. You invited us here. 
We all set time aside to be uh, here, and you're ruining it with your highness. It's because of you that movie flopped. Yeah. Yes. But that's a little-known fact. It wasn't the fact that Dana Carvey sucked. The police are outside. We're calling your family, and this is going on your permanent record. <laughs> Yeah. So go see Love Guru. <laughs> but I did read that Mike that Myers like is notoriously hard to work with. That he that he just like fights about every scene. He argues. He's just like a pain. And when they made the second Wayne's World, I don't think they wanted to. Dana Carvey didn't want to do it. Like they had to pay him more to do it. Oh God. Wow. No. <laughs> I guess that's it, you guys. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> So I, I think like the coolest, I think I, we were talking about this before, like the best cameo in this movie, not Meatloaf, which I just learned was in the movie, but is Alice Cooper. Oh, yes. yes. Because I really like his part. So There's also apparently a fight about what song they were going to play. He didn't want to do Frankenstein as the song, but they made him do it because it looked cooler and it was pretty badass. I mean, it, it was really pretty cool. cool. <laughs> Colin was kind of scoffing at it. He was They're being right. a little bit of a hater. And I was like, I liked, I really Man. liked this part. Hot kettle. <laughs> I've never been a hater once in my life. So. When the, when the Alice Cooper scene came on, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, this must have been, yeah, 92, I guess Alice Cooper was still like, because I feel like Alice Cooper tours still, but does it like almost ironically. Whereas like then he would have been like, he had like badass musicians behind him or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that was the. The still heavy version, unironic version of Alice Cooper, which I yes. thought was funny in a way. But I also really liked how based Alice Cooper was in the after party where he's like doing a little indigenous history and like talking about socialists getting elected to Illinois office. I'm like, OK, cool, Alice Cooper. He's apparently a big like history buff. And that's why they gave him that line. Oh, OK. I was wondering where that came from, because it was very like everything very I know random. about Milwaukee. I learned from Alice Cooper. <laughs> Fuck Yeah. <laughs> He elected three socialist mayors. Nice. Yeah, actually, it's is- pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for <laughs> the good land. Man, I, it's funny when you said that, Mike, about Alice Cooper's tour. I pulled it up. He has toured so many fucking times. There's like 40 tours on this list. It's insane. Yep. The year this came out, he was on Hey Stupid Tour, or I guess the year before. A Nightmare on Your Street. I don't know what these things mean. He stole that. I he stole that for time, Mr. Though. Frederick Krueger. <laughs> I just want to say that this movie gave the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Correct, I guess. I don't know. But just like when they're going through the, like the, hey, I'm in Texas. Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm in. Oh, the green Delaware. Yeah. Delaware. Yes. Apparently I've been to Delaware and I didn't even know. Okay. Yeah, so I identified it. a lot with that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, a, a couple times, apparently, I'm like, seriously? When? It takes about five minutes to drive through the play. whole state, pretty much. It's easy to miss. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, no, Isn't bad. that where our incredible <laughs> communist president is from? Yes, Joe Biden is from Delaware. Wow. Good for him. He could have <laughs> had a cameo us. in that scene. He should have. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other lines that I thought was was like very odd was when Wayne was getting his car serviced and Garth is talking about like how he's learning Cantonese. And he said, is he going to marry her? And he says that marriage is a punishment for shoplifting in some countries. I thought that was a weird fucking line. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, super weird line. 
Like, well, where does that Back even come to the from? insulting. Yes. Bro. It is. Bro, buy a ring. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Whole movie. That's all I kept talking about. And he was telling me I was crazy. <laughs> I didn't You're not crazy. It. You're not crazy and Stacey's not crazy. Cars. And I'm not crazy. Thank you. I, I am a little crazy. I can accept that about myself. It's like a whole thing. There's medication at one point. I'm not even a little bit at all. So that's really good for me. No, you're just a hater. <laughs> I'm not crazy and I'm not a hater. Those are my affirmations that I say every day. <laughs> oh my God. If I were to try to like analyze any politics that this movie has, like when you bring up that marriage line, it's like, what is he trying to have like a feminist take on marriage? Like, oh, you, I don't want to own. It's like, no. he's obviously not doing that because the first thing he said about this woman was he wants to own her. So mm-hmm. it's like you only will do psychological damage to yourself if you try to analyze any kind of message from this. Like it's other, it's just Certainly. purely like, yes. yeah. It's like the incel dream, like you were saying, Joey. Like, I want to do better without having to better myself. I just want the girl and all the other stuff. But I don't want, like, I want to make a career out of, like, YouTubing from my mom's basement before YouTube exists. Yeah. And then also get the the girl who actually has talent and ability. Drag her down to your level. Yeah, he wants to make her career. But whenever she does it, like, for herself... Or whenever he starts thinking she's doing it for herself. Yeah. He's like, oh, you got to be banging that guy. That's the only way. Yeah. Which is insane. Never mind the fact fact that he's an incredible talent and business minded. And hot. This movie is also directed by um, Penelope Spheris, who's directed a bunch of other kind of mediocre movies like Beverly Hillbillies. The Little Rascals. You think Beverly Hillbillies is mediocre? Okay. (laughs) Or The Little Rascals. Uh Or The Little Rascals. (laughs) Beverly Hillbillies was my favorite movie as a kid, which is like weird and fucked up. Ellie Mae. Explains a lot. You need to talk about somebody. Yes. Yeah. Ellie Mae. Ellie Mae was looking good. She did actually also direct Black Sheep, which also was, uh, you know, the Chris Farley movie. The lesser of the two uh, David Spade movies. You I don't know, yeah. Going, but the superior of the two black sheep movies. Okay. But going back to what Mike was saying about what to take in any kind of way to take away is maybe the fact that it could be presented as a satire on, again, marketing and advertisement and what's wrong with it and how much people will go to, what the lengths people will go to to put money in their pocket, to screw over other people. And I definitely into like all that. That's the most that it could be argued towards, in my opinion. So I think that that's like obviously what they were getting at, because that's what they were saying. They were like making fun of these like capitalist things having to. Yeah, I, I guess sell out. Sell out but yeah. it is funny that it's made by like, you know, Lauren Michaels and like SNL. Yeah. It's a very um like they're aware of things, you know, it's like, like they're whatever billionaires they don't want to mess up their income. Yes. The certain yeah. billionaires that are good at like, not good at it, but they, they'll like admit, yeah, there are so many problems and we need to tax billionaires and shit like that. You know, it's just like empty platitudes. They're just trying to be like, I'm aware. I'm aware you guys. Yeah. It's the like empty liberal thing. Kind of like how SNL is of. Yes. Making fun of something. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like I watched an episode of SNL it. the other night. Like the, yeah, like, I would say it's like I, it a is one of my favorite liberal take. Yeah, there it's, is it's one, of my one favorite, SNL uh, skit that I like, 
and it's whenever um the guy from Game of Thrones he was he was in um The Last of Us. The Last of Us, the main character. Pedro Pascal. Pascal. There you go. Yes. Um, He plays a Latin mom and he is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. Y'all got to go watch the clips. And there's one where Bad Bunny is in there as the Thea and the son brings home the daughter. It's hilarious. Other than that, I could not stand SNL the one time I tried to watch it. It just gets worse and worse. dumb. I can't. It does. What were you going to say? I can enjoy like um, episodes from when I was a kid with like Dana Carvey and these kind of people, but yeah, the, everything when they were after actually that, funny. everything, it, someone was telling me recently, the only SNL is funny is like what was on when you were like 12. Yes. Like every other yes. SNL is just terrible and trash. And yes. it's, so, it's all yeah. pretty it's, cringe. It's, it's just the nostalgia yeah. aspect. Yeah. It's something that people did on a Sunday and they want to do with their kids and blah, 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 whatever. It's more of a tradition than anything. Mm-hmm. It's like turkey at Thanksgiving. Nobody likes turkey. It's just what you have at Thanksgiving. What? What was Whoa. Colin going to say? What? Colin was trying to get his thought out for 20 no, minutes. No, I was just going to... Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Right no, 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 that's, that's okay. all right. It was just about the uh, the scene where they're, you know, we won't bow down to any corporate sponsor. It's my, you know, it's my favorite joke of the movie, but they're also benefiting from it because it's not really like they're not making fun of... They're making fun of product placement while also using real product placement. That while getting money from product from. placement. Like it's Pizza yeah. Hut and Adidas. Yeah. and yeah. Yes, it's like another liberal it's thing. To be like, look sides. how with it we are. Like, look how great we are and we understand. Um, like, we're self-aware. And then it's like, okay, that doesn't mean anything. It's AOC wearing a wedding dress saying tax oh, the rich. That's exactly the, what it is. At the fucking Met Gala. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I enjoyed Peg the Patriarchy. I, th- I was down with that. <laughs> Who was that joke for in 1992? Like this is, what was like the target audience for this movie when this came out? Like young teenagers? I, I think, think they like were trying to be anti-establishment. Was it like 92, like end of history? Like... <laughs> I feel like it was very like anti-establishment Gen X at that time, um, so it, it kind of makes sense to me why they had that. It's yeah, it is very much supposed to be like all the uh, the kids who were listening to Pearl Jam and Rage Against the Machine, like you were watching yes. fucking Wayne's World. I didn't realize how many like a big reason that I cringed so much as soon as I turned this on was every joke that like the kids in my literally from like fifth grade probably up to high school because culture aged so much slower when there wasn't the internet to like cycle memes out in like a yeah. week's time all the jokes just kept going for years and i heard all these jokes not knowing that they came from this movie and i was like oh my god like wayne's world invented so much of the absolutely shitty humor that i had to hear from my entire adolescence and it it pissed me off in that vein just like i was like i can't believe the fucking kid who bullied me for like most of sixth and seventh grade like Aww. stole so much of what he was saying like from this fucking movie, I mean, he killed himself last year, but like, <gasps> yeah, it's like, this is, so that's a is hard like, one. I need to well, process no, I mean, it. Uh, no, it's just like a funny thing that like occurred to me when Mike's I was watching the movie. Mike one, other dude zero. I mean, yeah, honestly, like, on the one hand, mental health, on the other hand, I'm on that gang shit. Out. I just did. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that word. <laughs> so something I just I just I got you. If you change your mind and you want to be sad about it, I'll be sad with you later. But for now, we fucking won, Mike. No, I just 
Well, my point was, well, I only mentioned it was like all these fucking jokes I had to hear so much. It just really brought me back in time hearing all these things. I'm like, it was unfunny then. And it's even less funny now after it's like been 30 years. I'm just like these just mannerisms like swing and all that shit like that did not Oof, age well at all. Like, it didn't. Yeah, it certainly like, did. Oh, let's talk about. So two things first. Um, You want to hear some fu- like super fucked up. I got my bangs cut and when I was in high school, I used to dye my hair, my hair. I tried to go blonde, but my hair is too dark. It has too much red. And so it would go into like this coppery blonde type thing. They messed up my bangs. And I have ve- like I used to have very like big, thick, almost curly hair. And so they went up to here. My father went out and looked for Wayne's World. Because he called me fucking Garth because I wore glasses and he wanted me to understand how badly he was fucking roasting me. My dad, ladies and gentlemen. And I love him for it because it was hilarious. (laughs) Looking back, not when you're 17. All right. But looking back, it was funny. So I was called Garth until those bitches screw out or I cut. They grew out and then I shaved my head again. But um, the second thing, what was the second thing? I went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Mike, what were you talking about? Uh, The humor not aging well. Jokes like swing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Let's talk about the whole, like, the we salute you swing. Like, come on. That's not funny. You're in a forest. You're in a forest with Heather Locklear. And you're very warm. Very (laughs) warm. Didn't uh, doesn't Garth have a line where he says something like when he he sees Cassandra the first time he's like I feel like funny in my pants or something doesn't he say something like really yeah oh. I feel like funny in, I feel funny in my pants oh, like, like the first like climbing the rope in gym class yeah or like the first time Wayne sees Cassandra he's like swing like that's the immediate first thing it's like wow bro I get the Come rope on. in gym class thing you see why I don't I get that part. Is that Garth? <laughs> Garth, we've all been there, okay? It makes sense. <laughs> Garth makes sense. Don't try to bring Garth in. On Garth, when he first sees her, he does like the cartoony, like the he shakes his head, looks at her again type thing. That was funny. I I thought that was cute, but it was the whole like first thing he does is go do the whole like dick in the air swing thing. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, I feel like Garth. That made me uncomfortable jokes. when I watched it the first time. Garth jokes age well for me, but Wayne's yes. stuff is all catchphrases. So it's yes. like he might as well be saying no. like redneck blue collar comedy Oof, tour shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Being mm. a carpenter, yeah. working in the trades is just hearing like Ricky Bobby today in two, 2023, mm-hmm. hearing Ricky Bobby quotes, them going back and forth like it's the funniest fucking thing they've ever heard. I'm like, you guys have had 20 years. I mean, You've had 20. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> God, it's it could so, be it worse. So it could be doing like Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> I mean, they do that as well, but like they act like Ricky Bobby is it's like comedy. Humor. Oh my god! Did you know Larry the Cable Guy starred in a Tyler Perry movie, a Tyler Perry Christmas Medea movie? I think I did because I just found I really, that shit out on I TikTok. I follow Larry the Cable Guy really closely, so I think I did know that, but. <laughs> What? Um, I think he's probably my favorite. I grew up with a redneck. Okay. We watched Blue Collar Comedy Tour. We watched all those things. I was um, joking about following him, but I did go when I was 11 or 12. I went oh. to see him. <laughs> so 
But I also went, you know, so my, you followed him my, once. well, I did follow him once. You went on tour. Yeah, my weekends were spent. <laughs> I was a Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> it wasn't a concert That's though, really or a comedy show. It was like visiting the Pope, where she just kissed his ring. <laughs> yeah. He put his hand on her forehead, and she <laughs> got out of line. Yeah, yeah. I was like, thank you for doing what you do to your body. <laughs> um. <laughs> Has everyone seen that? Looking back on it. No. Next question, Jeff. Where are you? Right there. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it. I mean, thank you. Thank y'all guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Funk, for saying what needed to be said. I don't want to see another one of these. Well, Does everyone know what I'm talking it's about? It's real to me, David. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we said it in front of a friend the other night because we've been having wrestling nights. And she didn't, she's like a, she's a wrestling fan. And she had never seen that video. And I was like, what the fuck? It's this, it's a video <laughs> of a man who's like in, on the verge of tears. Like, thank, thank y'all for doing what you do to your bodies. He's saying this to a wrestler and the wrestler's like, Jeez, man, chill out. Like, totally shoots him down. It is, it's really sweet and endearing. <laughs> they know that it's scripted, right? There's whole reality shows about this. I think so he said your, that. Their bodies. I think I he said something about it being about fake, but like. It's real to him. It's real. That's what he said. He said, it's real to me, damn it. It's still so, real to me. It's real to me. <laughs> I mean, they still do a lot of dumb shit that's hard on their bodies, and they do it constantly. They do actually like hit each other yeah. with chairs, and yeah, yeah like it's all yeah. scripted, of yeah. course. But like, it's, it's you can still get the hurt. repetition of all that. It's the hard on yeah. the body. Yeah, yeah, they do really their hands their bodies up. Like that, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the steroids probably don't help. Yeah, it's true. True. You guys ever see the wrestler? <laughs> Oh God! Actually, no. I fucking I quote that all the time. <laughs> that's like yeah, such I'm a ironically going to sidetrack us. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> no, no, I want to <laughs> fucking so sidetrack funny. something. If we're going to sidetrack, stop it, Evan. You said you didn't know there's a second Black Sheep movie. I didn't. Yeah, so there's two movies by the title Black Sheep. The one that you're familiar with, and the other one, which is a New Zealand film made in 2006. <gasps> Is it like Troll and Troll Two, like two different? Oh, I just, just looked. I just not looked the it up. same thing at all. No, it. I mean, it's more of like a like black comedy kind of uh, thing where like it's like a weird genetic experiment and all the sheep. Oh, I don't know people. Oh, yeah. What the okay. fuck? Okay. I yeah. told you <laughs> that sounds wild. Yeah. Yeah. There's two black sheep's. Oh, could I also not relate to anything else that we were just talking about? But um, anytime we talk about any kind of '90s movie. I always want to bring up the idea that people had this horror of selling out, of like having a stable career where you were making enough money to have like a house in the suburbs and everything. It's like that was the worst thing that anybody could think of because then you had sold out to the man or consumerism or whatever they thought the enemy was because, of course, they couldn't name capitalism. You're still in the hangover after the collapse of the Soviet Union and everything. So still capitalism was like unquestioned. Oh, yeah, of course. But I'm trying I'm trying not to just say the same thing I always say all the time. Like, but. I, don't know, I, I always like to. Phrase. I kind of wanted to bring that up because I always think of 9/11 as the end of that era where selling out was bad. Because after that, that's when we started the unprecedented times where everybody just wants stability and cannot get it. 
And even if they do get it, then they become so hyper-focused on maintaining that stability above all else that they become like those fucking bunker-building billionaires and like, oh, I'm sorry, Joey, what's up? No, no, no. Conspiracy theory. You ready for this? They were grooming the youth of then, us now today, for the fact that there would be no stability because of the fucking Reagan era. So, and I mean, they all always the shit knew that it. came with it. So... That's what I'm saying. That's what I think. I think huge conspiracy. I know, but it was all a fucking grooming to get people ready for the shit that was going to pop off eventually. So that way it wasn't that crazy of an idea. And it made it kind of cool in their minds like, hey, don't worry if you're going to worry about when your next paycheck may or may not come or if you're going to be able to feed your kids or anything like that. Better, You know what? Don't worry about Sona. You can be independent, work on your own time, working for DoorDash or Uber as an independent driver. Independent yes. contractor underneath. But then them. you can work for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You're not selling out then, are you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but then you have to get another job to support that job. Well, because you have that job to support the business what do you mean? There's startup. There's like three that other you're gig apps to put you can in sign up through for. Etsy, which takes sixty percent of your profits and or no, forty percent of your profits anyway. So but hey, you didn't sell out, you're not a corporate dickhead. Was that too deep into it? I want to hear. No, I, I got one more level deeper. But I don't hear what Colin has to say. No, I was just gonna say I, you know, talking about pre nine eleven movies. I always feel weird watching pre nine eleven movies because I feel like I'm in danger that I'm gonna forget. That is so true. And you never forget <laughs> that Bush did nine eleven. <laughs> did you guys know? On you. Did you guys know that the twin towers like were bombed an original time in ninety three? Yeah. yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah. Why does everyone yeah. fucking know that except me? I really Where thought I was been? on to something. You were alive. They didn't tell us yes, to I never was. forget that. I was born so in 90. Yes. <laughs> Every time I've ever heard about 9-11, she's younger than me. no one has ever said anything about pre-9-11. I just found that out like two days ago. It's, it's funny. I've, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we are recording this on the day that The Guardian removed the Bin Laden letter that had been up oh for my the God, last 20 that was, years because all of a sudden so it went funny. viral and now people are reading it and thinking that he made some really good points. It's a fucking crazy place to be in because I started reading it. I got most of the way through it. And other than the things that he says about Jews, he's pretty much dead on about what the U.S. has done with its imperialist ambitions abroad, how it like intervenes in other countries and wreaks havoc and takes over other countries' economies, how it exploits other countries for its own decadent lifestyle and then pollutes other countries and keeps them in subjugation and then uses Israel as a tool to pretty much do all of that in the Middle East and played a role in the genocide and subjugation of Palestinian people. So like Bin Laden was saying like all of that 20 years ago, um, he just didn't have kind of things to say about Jews <laughs> in general. Um, he basically is like alludes to the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories of like Jews running everything simply because there is interest in our banking system because Islamic banking doesn't have interest and because Western banking does. He just attributes that to like Jews, which is like a huge leap to make. But when you make a bunch of other correct criticisms of American culture and empire and you don't specifically name finance capitalism like the Marxists would, it can lead people down a dangerous road. But I think this is all yes. like a, a tangent that I didn't really want to get on just to bring up kind of briefly, like the stark change in tone that I see from like 90s movies to after 9-11 movies. And it's always that like, we're so afraid of prosperity. Everything is just so good. We would actually be annoyed by settling down and having a stable lifestyle and like our material conditions and financial needs met. 
Whereas like everything after 2000 is, oh God, we're all Gen Z millennials and everything sucks. We just want to date ourselves to death. It's like, yeah, we're embracing dystopian movies like more so than ever because like maybe a conscious or unconscious, depending on the viewer level, we know that that's where this is going. Like, they're not dystopia anymore. It's just, they're just fucking documentaries. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was going to say, Mike, when you were talking about that, is anyone should listen to the new season of Blowback, which is about Afghanistan, which gets into a lot of that. And then the other thing, what are you, what were you just saying? Oh, yeah, I've, I've been like trying to plan an episode for a long time now about pre and post 9-11 movies, like how the, the way that the DOD became more involved, even more than they already were in planning. Ooh. I watched a documentary last night about how the DOD has been involved in over 2000 movies and TV shows. Rewriting Marvel? scripts. It's insane. Marvel is a big one, yeah. Yeah. They rewrote the entire no, movie. Iron Man was completely rewritten by the Department of Defense. Yeah, it was originally an anti war film. Yep. And that basically That's created wild. the MCU. So fuck that. Yeah, basically, that is wild, the DOD's policy of, is. Oh, go ahead. Well, when I think of American propaganda, I think of Marvel movies like pro war, America's the best, insane propaganda. I think of Marvel movies. That's was the crazy one that it was anti-war. Which one? The greatest beer run ever made. Oh, yeah. That one was really good. And watching it from a leftist perspective, I feel like is much... You could watch worse things. Honestly. Honestly, you can, but also, like, you just want to shake everybody and you see this guy go and his eyes are open and you're seeing things. And, yeah, there's still stuff here and there that you're just like, man, shut the, shut the fuck up. But and the ending, the ending isn't really what you would expect after watching everything this guy because you follow him. And basically, it's this dude from Queens. He's a merchant marine. He goes overseas to Vietnam to take beers to his buddies because, oh, these poor guys like the media is just screwing them over and they have no support at home. And we need to show that they that we they have our support. And it just delves into everything going on. And it doesn't even really go that deep in. But there's a scene in the movie. And if you watch the movie, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, that it becomes eye opening. You know what I mean? For exactly like what's going on and why like the guy's sister is like a peace protester. Yeah, The, the Department Sorry. of Defense always cuts out any parts of movies that involve veterans being sad or the potential of like suicide because they don't want that portrayal uh, oh okay yeah it's, like, a, it's a whole yeah. setup thing where it's like if you want to have u.s military equipment or uniforms in your movie yeah you could pay out of pocket for it or you could reach out to the dod and they'll provide anything you fucking want for free as long as they get to rewrite your script yep it's Holy basically shit. it like the movie Jarhead mm -hmm. is one of the few exceptions that they actually filmed without the DOD's help because they refused. Mm -hmm. And they've actually blocked really? over 100 movies from ever being even made because <gasps> the fact is that the you know, studio that? couldn't get enough money. And the only way to get the money was to suck up to the DOD to get free shit. Damn. And they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, like, what was it? Full Metal Jacket? The scene where he blows his brains out? Oh, yeah. But so w Wayne's World is a big war movie, everyone, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the war against incels. Mike's used to this. The He's used to hoarding cat or hurting cats. Sorry, not hoarding. Yeah. Well, maybe we don't know. I also he could cats. be hoarding cats. How many cats do you have, Mike? 
No, I have I have zero cats. So Evan, did you want to try and uh, you want to make final points? You want to do like a wrap up or something? <laughs> yeah, because I, I we, we went into the the war nine eleven thing, which I, I mean I I can't tell you how many episodes I've mentioned like the pre post nine eleven as like a kind of a moment when movies completely changed and they just. Oh, I'm glad that I was the one that brought it up this time too, because when we did Dogma, I brought it up then. It's like frustrating. It's like literally angering to see people look at what people want now as like a bad thing. The tone has shifted so much that it's like it's literally frustrating to people who are like up and coming and trying to make it. There are no they're like think about comedies now. They're not like silly, dopey comedies anymore. Mm-hmm. They're just I just don't feel like they exist, really. Like there are some comedies that come out, but it's not like thoughtless comedies. They have to get like the DOD involved to like write their comedy. Because like they show a soldier walking in the foreground or something. Oh, but, yeah, and then it just turns into the bullshit cliche like, "Oh, he's right behind me, huh?" Bullshit. Oh, God. And then people this- fucking chuckle because we got no fucking real media in this country anymore. I, I just can't think of like a really good comedy I've seen in the last. Like, Dad, stop. Come out in the last <laughs> ten years. I think that's why I only watch like horror movies. Yeah, we're huge. We're huge into horror. At our house. Oh, yeah. We are, too. Can I just say the, uh, the funniest gag by far in the entire Wayne's World movie was the shit that he wrote on the front of the cue cards when he had to, like, do the, the interview he didn't want to do. <laughs> this guy blows Like, chunks. out of anything in the... Yeah, like, do you guys remember what he said on there? Because the first one Ask was... Um, says what? Well, that's what he said to him directly, but, like... He said what? Uh-huh. <laughs> He called it, like, labeled him sphincter, sphincter Man and, like, pointed an arrow to him. And then that was kind of funny. But the second one said, uh, this guy blows goats. I have proof. That was fucking hilarious. And then uh, I can't remember the last one. But that was the funniest gag of the whole thing. And I think it was because he was making fun of someone who, again, is, like, the, the capitalist, like, the guy who's, like, full of himself because he decided to rip off a bunch of kids. Like, he literally tells him a couple minutes beforehand, he's like, I was a slub like you. I was just, like, working, and then I was like, I'm in the wrong line of business. I see these kids throwing all their parents' money in these uh, arcade, and I'm like, I was a millionaire. Fifteen years later, I just decided to rip people off. Best thing I ever did. It's like, go fuck yourself, dude. Like, (laughs) Yeah, they don't, like, make fun of Benjamin enough to, you know, as being, like, except for his apartment, they're, like, talking about how it's, like, a babe magnet. He's like the how to pick up women books in his apartment. Yeah. He's the incel, like the He's most the real overt, incel. Like, but in here's there. the thing: rib for but her. He, but I'm pleasure. talking about the incel's dream, right? How this movie is because Benjamin has all of that, but she still ends up with Wayne. And mind you, I still stand by the fact she shouldn't have ended up with anybody. Stay friends with Wayne. Has stay his friends own apartment. With Benjamin. Has a cool car. Has no visible scars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benjamin is kind of like the guy that like incels hate. Is that called a Chad? Yeah, that's oh, what I was going to say. He's the I tried to watch that documentary. I texted you the entire time. He's the guy that girls want, but Wayne's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Who's not? It no, does Garth seem is like a nice a, guy. Wayne an incel. has delusions of grandeur. Yeah, Garth no, is the I nice get, guy. Right. What you're saying. No, Garth yeah. is actually the nice guy, but from an incel's perspective, it right. is like, it does seem oh, a little bit like nice it's guy. written by an incel. <laughs> no, Garth is a neurodivergent king and we love him. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the cue card joke was the only funny one, because it's the only one that's like punching up at the, the rich white dude, whereas all the rest of the jokes were like making fun of women, 
uh, treating them like objects, being like, swing, swing, swing. I want to fuck on your body. All the time. It's like, that was the extent of all the fucking jokes in this movie. It was fucking terrible. And like, finally, like, yeah, he like makes this dude look like an ass, which I like. And then, yeah, to the original point, like, she should not have ended up with Wayne. The whole humor approaches it as if like Wayne and Garth are like legit characters. Like it's ironic as in they're like they're out of place and that's the humor, but also it gives them like legit rewards. Like they don't deserve any of that shit. Like they should be the butt of all the jokes. Almost in kind of a way that like, I don't know, like do um Jay and Silent Bob get a bunch of like rewards or anything? Like I feel like they're a similar duo. No, not really. No, so Jay and like- Silent Bob are absolutely acceptable in their roles. They're like a little more wholesome version of Wayne and but Garth. But they shit on themselves, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like him to say, but I say, want to fuck on your body? No, I, I've been, a, I've been, a, I got caught with that one. Swing, no, swing, swing. I got up super, super early in the morning this morning. Fuck on your body. Bonkers. I'm going to say that to Cullen at least six times a day. I love that so you said much. The, you said... The other really funny gag I thought was when they had Robert Patrick being like the Terminator 2 cop. I thought that oh, was Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, that was so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the donut guy. Oh, yes. Uh, donut guy. Oh, donut guy. Yeah. I wanted to hear more about that. I thought yes. that was great. Yep. Why is it? Ed, it was Ed O'Neill, O'Neill, right? in, in a battle. <laughs> it's heroic. <laughs> this shit is so funny. But if I kill someone in the heat of passion, it's called murder. <laughs> murder. <laughs> It just like rips the camera away. It's like, no, that was actually interesting. I want to hear more. (laughs) The guy who like doesn't sleep. He just works at the donut shop all day. Garth's little donut monsters. They also have the guy like getting his pink slip. So like they're, they mean, they have like a, a, I mean, we didn't really talk about like any class in this movie, but they have like most of the people are exception of like the Benjamin and Vander. If they're all like working class people in it, like all the people they know trying to make it. Yeah, the dude who gets his pink slip, like, he's like, yeah, you know what I want to do? And, like, <laughs> the dude working there is like, yeah, you want to rip out his still beating heart and show it in front of him so you can see how black it is? It's like, no, I'm going to file a grievance with my union. <laughs> <laughs> like, both are solid answers, I guess. Why not do both? I, no, they are. <laughs> yeah. You can do both. You have two hands. That's also how you know this was a 90s movie. Because he still had a union. <laughs> I really like the part where Garth goes off on Wayne. But I was also didn't like the part because you can't hear any of it. You can't hear when Garth finally has the moment to speak his mind and tell Wayne, you are a piece of shit, my guy. You can't yeah. hear anything. And Wayne's just like. <sighs> well, I mean, that's basically, you know, that's what he's telling him. Because as soon as you can hear, Wayne's like, you kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> Find a doctor to pull it out again. And it paints Garth as somebody who's just there to be Wayne's lackey when in all reality, Garth is the superior guy. So a funny thing about that is when Mike Myers was on SNL, he wanted to do this sketch by himself. But they like basically made uh, Dana Carvey join because they wanted it to be like a double thing. And the same thing with like this movie. So it seems like maybe Mike Myers is, is a little bit like uh, his character here, and he's just a in it for himself. Asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say earlier, but now I'll make that my closing thought. Mike Myers' whole ironic detachment about product placement, where it's just like selling out's bad, but also very obviously selling out. 
And then Mike Myers, like, is it stealing Dr. Evil from Dana Carvey? Like, that's fucking cold. And the fact that he doesn't have a career now because of that, because he's a guy who steals things rather than just having, like, I don't know, longevity and creativity. Yeah, that's fitting. That actually makes a lot of sense. And you love to see it. Like, (laughs) You know that Dana Carvey was supposed to have his own show, right? And it flopped horrendously because of, like, stuff like that happening, though. They did a whole that. like documentary on it. The I'm Dana sorry, Car- to you the off. Dana Carvey show. Yeah, yeah it was supposed. To, I, I bet you, if they had given it a chance, it would have been awesome. That's where the onion started. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Oh. Mike Myers has a writing credit on the script. I don't know how much he actually wrote. I guess because he wrote the character for SNL. Yeah, fucking speaking of comedy being dead, even the fucking onions like not even funny anymore. It's just like, oh, thanks for reporting mm-hmm. the news like everyone else is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even ironic anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think the my only last thing about it would just be kind of what you said, Mike. It's that it's funny that uh if it's critiquing the idea of selling out when this is really Mike Myers kind of selling out. I mean, I don't want to call it selling out, but maybe a little bit. Because he goes from SNL and this is his like first big foray into movies and made $120 million, I think. $180 million. So it was a pretty big hit for the time, but only holds up modestly. Most of it doesn't hold up. Yeah. It's nostalgia. It's the only yeah. reason it holds up. I feel nostalgia like and then everything the except for really Mike Myers. Yeah. Yeah, it's an SNL kind of movie. I think it was the second one career. ever made. The first one was um, Dan Aykroyd film. What is it? Nothing but trouble. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. We should do that one on here. What's the first one? Um, uh, Blues Brothers, probably. Blues Brothers. Yeah. I feel like Wayne's World did not hold up. Well, I was going to say, it certainly like, did anyone, not would hold anyone up. recommend watching this movie? I would not. Only no. for Cassandra and Stacy and Garth. Only Maybe for like educational purposes. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to to anyone else to watch, but honestly, for nostalgia purposes, I'll probably watch it. The final the final music scene when she performs Ballroom Blitz, which I have downloaded on my phone because she just fucking gets it. She does it really well. I love that scene. Is that her? Honestly, she she was a rock star. I think so. I think so. Sounds it sounds like her. She did a great job. I think it is her singing. I think most of the songs are. Okay. There was a really frustrating part. I know this is nitpicky, but whenever he first sees her, actually like the first couple times he sees her, he's watching her play and then it goes into Dreamweaver while he's staring at her. And I really mm-hmm. fucking hate that because oh, I'm like, why are you hearing a different song than what this girl is yeah, playing? That was annoying. You because he is sexualizing and objectifying yes. her. Yes, because he doesn't actually care about and her forcing talent. forcing you to as well. He's not listening to her. Yeah. He's just staring at her. Yes. yes. All right, now let's juxtapose that compared to Garth's scene with Jimi Hendrix with the jukebox. <laughs> that was so good. Go. I don't. Have, I didn't have anything. Oh my god! I just want to do. What do you mean awful? Like, awful. Like, well, no, because here's the thing. Lady. He's not just. Star- he's doing like the bird, the tropical bird thing, where he is putting yeah, on a he's show, strutting. giving. Yeah, he is showing charisma. And it goes and on and on, and confidence. It does, it, but even he goes himself on a is long. shocked in his own action when he starts doing yeah. pelvic thrusts, and like he's looking yeah. down, and he's like, "Oh shit, I didn't know I could do that." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He okay, he is he is giving some kind of effort, not just being like Dreamweaver. 
you're a boner. He's having an out of body yeah. experience. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I I think Dana Carvey's legit pretty fucking funny. So it, it's not as cringe to me yeah. as the like catchphrase stuff is with Mike Myers. Yeah. I would say Absolutely. if you like yeah, if you like have never seen this movie, almost everything other than Stacy's parts and Cassandra's parts are probably going to be cringe to you because Yeah, that's true. I think some like non-cringy parts for us are because of nostalgia. Yeah. 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 And if you like, like it seems just, like it's hitting him hard. The over exaggerated like technical mechanics when like Garth is like creating something. That was a super 90s thing. You know what I mean? Like the whole like blinking buttons and whirring and the the mechanical stuff you know what i mean i like that because i remember as a kid that was a huge thing in most movies was like you had that one quirky guy who was like like in the goonies the kid who like made like the punching thing and all that i don't know you can also see it as like a like a i don't know ironic or satirical moment in and of itself with garth's character where like I mean, we stated before where Garth is able to see through all of Benjamin's shit. And that in that moment when he's fucking with the robotics, Benjamin is trying to split him off from Wayne. Which, I mean, honestly, we would all benefit from a Garth-only show, let's be honest. But Garth is able to see through it. And as he's literally building robotic shit, is telling Benjamin, oh, we fear change. Like, he can't hold both of those true. And not with a character that's autistic coded like Garth. So he's obviously lying to Benjamin because he can see through it. Yep. Yeah. I want Garth's world movie. Right? Yeah. I'd watch that movie. Garth's grand adventure. And actually, if you like Dana Carvey, though, you should go on YouTube and watch his stand up routine from like 1991. He has a whole bunch of stuff about like George Bush and the Gulf War and some funny shit. Nice. Is that also the one where he plays piano and does the chop and broccoli yes. song? Uh, okay. That's classic. I don't know if it's the same one or not. Maybe. He makes fun of Neil Young. It's fun. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say real quick, I feel the same way about like Dana Carvey's acting or like really anybody's acting in this, probably aside from Mike Myers, as I do about like that performance at the end of Ballroom Blitz. Like you guys are right. Like she kills it, except the production is terrible. Like the fact that it's in that like 90s style where there's like, clean chorus guitar in the background and like the drums sound the way they sound like very dated sounding and so is all the humor but like it's like that cringe that you get when you see someone who is a really good performer being told to do something cringe and then doing their best at that cringe thing and it's like that's how i felt for most of the speaking of fucking dana carvey what's the turtle movie Master, oh, Master, of, Master disguise. of Disguise. disguise. <laughs> that is, I love I've that never seen that. I will Speaking say that. I will stand <laughs> yeah. by it. Okay, there's a really funny 9-11 story. Yeah, the, the turtle scene what? in like, Master of Disguise was filmed on 9-11. This counts as remembering. You're good. So on 9-11, they announced to the crew that 9-11 was happening, and they had a moment <laughs> of silence, and then went on to film the turtle scene. In Master of Disguise. <laughs> nice. so if you ever see that movie, just yeah, know dude. that Dana Carvey in that turtle costume, 9-11, was, the towers were falling as he's doing yeah, that. I love watched that, that movie on 9-11, is what you're saying? Yes! <laughs> yes! Is that our new 9-11 routine? That is gold. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I recorded an episode that I haven't released yet on 9-11. We did Terminator 2, and we like there was just Ooh. the whole thing just 9-11 jokes. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you need to listen to that one. Oh, I love Terminator. Were there any other good moments we didn't mention? No. 
the super Canadian part where they're playing street hockey. There was a moment that made me a little horny where that man, the cameraman says, do I scare you to the guy's wife? And she says no. And he's like, do you want me to? I was like, who wrote that line? Get him on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really good line. This is the dude from (laughs) Cutthroat Kitchen. I don't know what that is. This is the one I sent you on TikTok. The, the whatever dude from like Cutthroat Ward, Kitchen that like puts his uh... You sent me 6 million TikToks a day. That doesn't narrow it down. I've seen the whole you. internet. <sighs> no. He will be mad if you don't watch though. I have to sit in my car for 10 minutes after I get home from work. If, if, if Colin, he is also at work. I really strive I to watch all of Ward's TikToks. Yeah. They're good I TikToks. feel like a bad friend they're, they're, if I don't watch all my friends' TikToks. And you'll be up to date on everything. Absolutely. You'll be up to date a, on all a, the important stuff. A whole lot of different topics. Look at right, Mike? <laughs> that, oh, yeah, actually. So, Ward had messaged me about the whole Bin Laden letter before I found out about it. He sent me, like, uh-huh. TikTok about it. And the same thing with, like, what was the other thing? Um, the oh, Israeli the, sperm retrieval soldiers. That. It's basically the, the I think It's basically thing. the best news we have, I guess, right? What is that? I've kind of like I Any I news about saw... cum is good news. <laughs> I saw a second. So like now there's like whole articles getting written about it, but like basically it wasn't really talked about before. It got initially leaked when like Israel's like official account on TikTok and tw- like shared on Twitter as well a like little cartoon about like this Israeli wife like her husband dies and like she reaches out to like the whoever she's supposed to contact for the sperm retrieval troops but they weren't able to get his semen in time to get back to her so yeah now that wait what are now sperm that the cat's retrieval- out of the bag what like, is they'll that? go what and is- scrape whatever cum they can out of the dude's cadaver on the battlefield so that in hopes to be able to impregnate his wife one last time. One last time, because that's how important biological stuff is to uh, the Israeli state. That's Not creepy at all. Watch my TikToks. <laughs> a guy comes running over with a flashlight. Wait, did you send me a TikTok about that? <laughs> yes. Maybe that's yeah. okay. I think I started. I think that's one of the ones. I I really watch all your TikToks, but I think that was one of the ones where I started seeing something and I was like, my brain. Is not understanding right now. I oh, need to put a, a pin in it. Yeah, I had to watch come it back to twice this. to be like, okay. oh, that's okay. I got it. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go, you guys. But yeah, uh, this is fun. Oh, no, Evan, do you have uh, enough to make like a? An no, we have more segues. <laughs> I mean, you guys can stick around. Like, you don't have yeah. to go because of my my safety. I might also have to uh, take out my dog. No, so. <laughs> no, I really do you need to play Boulder's Gate. Yes, I do. Go yes, off I on do. Mike for being mean to me when I was yeah, so nice yeah, to him yeah. this entire time. Right. Mike's so nice. Michelle, Michelle. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, so uh, we've been talking about a terrible movie. No, uh, a movie that we've been talking about Wayne's World. And uh, again, I've had uh, Ward and uh, Mike from Turn Leftist, Colin and Caitlin from Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner, and uh, Joy. It was uh, a pleasure to discuss Wayne's World and all the other movies, which were better. Yeah. Have fun editing this. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, have fun. I just want to say I would be Bye. the hero in this movie because I'm the only one who's an independent and not a sellout. So.